Hello and welcome to Overthinkers Anonymous. My name is Jonah and I'm an overthinker. And right now I am currently coming down from a panic attack because I had some technical difficulties uh, setting up the podcast recording session and I hope everything goes well after this. Uh, I use the word swell. That's an interesting word to use because that's a seems to be kind of outdated nowadays. Not, not many people use the word swell or good golly or um, gosh or you know what I mean? Yeah. I swell is a great word. People use swole like referring to um, phys- their physique. Yeah. But that's another, I think that's another definition of the word, another meaning of the word. Words are weird, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Because it's not going to make sense to anyone. Like, in the future, no one's going to understand what we're saying with the slang we use. But I'm Leanne. I'm also an overthinker. And I'm currently overthinking really hard about how to live a meaningful life and what it means to like live meaningfully in this modern world. Not to dig too deep in the deep end right away, but I can't get it off my head right now. That's totally valid. That's such a valid thing to to overthink about is purpose and meaning and uh, our role that we play each individually and as a collective. And yeah, it blows my mind. But that's, that might be getting too deep too fast. Let's, let's swim back to the shallow end <laughs> of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, do you think that's, that language is going to evolve to that extent where people from, say, the year 3005 are going to listen back and be like, you know, the world's going to be ending because 3005 is the year that the world's going to end uh, as prophesied by the prophet Childish Gambino. And really? it's the year that we fear only God will survive. And people will be listening to this podcast as they count down, you know, the way we were counting down in 2012. Uh, but for real this time, uh, they'll be, they'll be counting down the days and uh, they'll, they'll be like, yo, these people are making a lot of sense, even though I kind of don't understand what they're saying. Cause there's to them, it's probably going to be like old English, like Shakespearean. Yeah, it definitely will be. I mean, language evolves so fast that I have only been like, out of high school for like four years and i feel like i don't understand a lot of the things i see on twitter (laughs) language determines the way we see the world as they say uh in the sapir wharf hypothesis the idea of linguistic relativity and uh the way we communicate essentially like kind of identify helps people identify us if you know say this person speaks slang from community or or like South Park or a rap from hip hop, from hip hop culture or from black culture. You know what I mean? Like people identify each other by the way that they speak. Um, And it's just really interesting how words like we, we are all pulling from the same Lego blocks of language and we're pulling from the same soup and we're just rearranging the alphabets or the alphabets in the soup in new ways that are meaningful to us and maybe not so much to others but maybe others can get a grasp of it like there's nothing inherently like dividing other people from or gatekeeping other people from using language other other than like identity and like cultural appropriation but that's another conversation entirely yeah and language i think is interesting just because of the the different context because the same people will speak differently depending on where we are and in what situations we find ourselves in and who's around us. Like you're not going to talk the same to people at the gym as you are in like a classroom or 
Yeah. Even just with your friends or family. Yeah. Um, my my family get a different version of me. They get, you know, they get me still, but I talk differently and I identify myself differently by extension. And it's just like with my friends, I talk differently with them. See, maybe with my friends who like music in particular, like, you know, say um, we listen to the same artists and we say like maybe we both loved Odd Future back in high school. This is an example. Like, I don't know if you, if you do you listen to Odd Future or have you listened to Odd Future? Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, um, no. Dumbo Genesis, Haji Beats, all those guys. Um, really, Earl Sweatshirt too, and the internet. They're all such like unique um, and diverse artists who formed a collective and developed their own language, developed their own memes and catchphrases like uh, Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them All and um, reappropriating these symbols that have been bastardized and misused in the past, which is just, you know, on the surface, very offensive to people and also very provocative. And whether or not that was, you know, the merits of that is another conversation that I won't want to, I don't want to get into, but I like the, uh, the how okay that is to do. I, I think art should be, you know, should not be afraid to use words or ideas and symbols that are out of the mainstream thinking because, you know, otherwise like we're limiting ourselves and we're limiting the collective consciousness from being exposed to new ideas. And I guess what I, to bring it back to Odd Future, like they, they had their own slang and I guess I identified other, if I were to identify other Odd Future fans back in high school, I would be like, oh, yo, what about this song? And, and don't you love how Tyler said this in this song and how, you know, Frank croons on this song called Dust about how he's in a library of his mind and how he thinks too much or he he uh, he writes too much or something that he can't rewrite his past. That's, I don't know, I'm getting into a lot of very divergent thought trains. And uh, to bring it back to, to what we were talking about, I think, um, yeah, language, how we speak determines how we represent ourselves, I guess, and how we identify other people and how we ourselves identify. And uh, yeah, like even the, the intonation and the mannerisms or the uh, just, if I was to talk like this, I would sound like more of an intellectual, you know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. a philosopher who pontificates. And you kind of are primed to expect that from me. And then I just completely subvert your expectations by going into a freestyle, freestyle rap, which I won't do right now. Oh, damn. Where are we, Leanne? We're traveling down an infinite vaporwave highway, traveling at hyperspeed, reduced to a slow perceptual frequency where the trees are rendered at the speed of sound and yet blur in our peripheries. In this wavy dream, we're in the DeLorean, traveling at 88 miles per hour, going back in time with at least six discs in the changer, listening to the soundtracks of our lives, the music that shaped us, the tunes that brought us to where we are now, through thick and thin, through the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. 
From awkward school dances to the background music of first dates and nearly missed or nearly had first kisses or hugs or unruly fucks. Music heavily influences our perception of reality. It can take us back in time, make us feel what we felt, see what we saw, remember who we were once upon a time. Music is magic. Music is everything. Music is what we are. Can I get a mic? Can I get a mic? Can I get a mic? Yeah, a blue one will do. A blue Yeti mic. Hey, Blue Yeti. Please sponsor me. We'll make you millions. I'll make you millions. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to keep driving down this infinite vaporwave highway until I wake up. And we can continue this podcast. Until then, do you have an aux cord? Is there an aux cord up in here? No? Okay, we'll just stick with CDs then. CDs are underrated. Buy more CDs. Support your favorite local artists too. Support local musicians. Wherever you live. Do that. Anyways. Where where are we going? Anyway. When does this vaporwave highway end? At the end of time? At the end of all that exists? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Only absolute affinity. Finding somebody who has that connection with you and changing the way you speak with them just is a big part of language. You know, it's like unifying when you find someone who you can like connect with on a different level with language, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you understand each other's slang and when you can use different vocabulary with them or have like you can have different conversations with people depending on the kind of language they're willing to use. Cause I love to overthink and talk about stuff, but I, I know like when I start talking to someone right away, if that's the kind of like talk that they're going to get into or going to think I'm being fake deep or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love overthinking as well, obviously. Um, <laughs> but to uh, deep dive right into it to get to the true core to the core of the jawbreaker let's talk about our favorite music and our favorite artists and bands and songs that have like left a mark on us let's start with you want to do like top threes or top fives or top three yeah anything like choose a category let's do it artists you want to do top three artists first oh i'd need a genre because <laughs> that's just yeah. I'm sure you're you feel okay. similarly that like it's hard to you know what let's do top three artists let's do it let's let's, let's challenge do we count bands though or just single artists because i have two I right now to make it super broad i'd say like just any kind of musician hmm okay can i give a top 10. all right <laughs> Okay. All right. And I'm just looking through my Spotify right now. This is completely, you know, just based on who I have listened to most and based on who has had the most profound effect on me. Uh, 
one, David Bowie, two, Frank Ocean, three, Banks, four, Joji, um, five, Taylor Swift, six, and these are these are like I'm just gonna limit this to the mainstream artists too, but like six, Tyler the Creator, um, seven. Um, seven, oh, seven, 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 seven. Yeah, it's Joji's song. Uh, but anyways, um, seven, why is it so hard? <laughs> seven, single artist. Why is it so hard? Lana Del Rey. Uh, no, not Lana Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not Lana Del Rey? Yeah. Um, eight is... I'm gonna cut this down. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out the silent pauses. <laughs> Drake. Oh, rappers. We're not even getting into rappers. Yeah. Okay. Drake. I'll, I'll leave the last two for rappers and and Kanye West. Nice. That's too. That's really not enough for me. That's ten is not enough for me to lay in, But that's what I settled with. That is a diverse list. Oh, and Childish Gambino. So I eleven. Very diverse. Very eclectic. How 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 Taylor Swift fit in there? Oh, because she seems like the odd one out, right? Kind, kind of, or that... or do you have a certain opinion I... of Taylor Swift? No, I actually do enjoy listening to Taylor Swift's music. I just like never got into it, so she's probably one of those artists that I'm just really not familiar with. But I'm very familiar with the fact that she is a big artist, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, the reason why I like Taylor Swift, I kind of just fell in love with Taylor's music when Reputation came out. I was always a casual fan. I always enjoyed listening to Taylor Swift and just saying along to like Love Story and uh, You Belong With Me and like just casually. And it, 22 is one of my favorite songs by her and Red because that song reminds me of Synesthesia or the whole album, I guess, is Red, very Red um, and like Cherry, Cherry Hughes and flavors and just very red and passionate and vibrant and full of energy uh, and romantic energy too. Uh, and like, oh, Blank Space is also a really good song, but she's just an excellent songwriter in my opinion. Her, her lyrics are so catchy and she has such a way of like poeticizing her feelings and making them, I guess, an expression that is something that is so relatable, but also very real and very honest and comes from a genuine place, but also in the midst of tabloids and critics and paparazzos, um, creating an image of her that is beyond her control. And I think Reputation was an answer to that. It was kind of like her her middle finger to the critics, her like musical middle finger to the, her detractors who were just coming at her just for being famous and successful and living her life and dating many people, which, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I just really love Reputation as an album. Like I can pick out so many songs from it and just pick it apart. Like, are you ready for it? Is such a interesting, like, electric, electric, 
electronic like an eclectic genre blending song and so you can say the same for much of reputation and not all of it is so like sassy like taking stand for myself and like a lot of it is also very delicate and vulnerable and uh like soft and warm and welcoming and oh style is also a good song that's another from another album but yeah um dress i love dress it's very like sensual i guess and she this album she's not really she doesn't seem to be afraid to to get sensual just like britney spears got sensual back in her time and like pretty much single-handedly awakened my sexuality but that's neither here nor there <laughs> but uh yeah um also lover is a great album and I'm still just getting into, I feel like a bad a bad Swifty because I still have not finished listening to uh, Evermore and I feel bad about that. I probably should, but I just, they're just, it's a matter of not having enough time to actually set aside an hour to listen to it. And it's also a matter of getting stuck in some songs and just putting them on loop because I love them so much and I don't want to, you know, go to the next one because I just want to pick it apart and uh, dissect it and enjoy it for what it is. Because as an artist, I feel like my enjoyment of art is just increased tenfold because I know what goes into art. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think you take much more appreciation of the process and the outcome when you've gone through it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And on the time with with music, like I completely agree. Like you, you mentioned Joji, and Joji is an artist that I've really wanted to like deep dive into and like really watch the videos and mm. get into the album and have the lyrics up and really just get mm. into it. But I just haven't really had that dedicated time to do that yet. But I don't want to listen to that album because I know it's gonna be something more than a passive listen. You know? Yeah, yeah. Some albums I just feel. I have already expectations from the artist or for the artist and what they're going to deliver. And I want to be receptive to it. I don't want to just take it in subconsciously while I'm doing something else. I want to devote my attention to it. And sometimes you just need to carve out the right amount of time, but it's just like setting a date. It's like having a date with a work of art. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's a weird way to say it, but yeah. you know, and it's also something that like relates to, say maybe erotomania like why some people might fall in love with artists through their art um who's fall like just become so enamored by someone's someone's mind i definitely experienced that but i won't talk about that right now <laughs> oh yeah 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 i feel that yeah it's it's very real very real thing i mean it's it's easy to feel like you know someone when you really connect with their art and i think the crazy thing is just that like you really you really don't like you can relate to someone's art and understand it but like we create things but we're far more than just what we create you know like meeting someone in person is really different from seeing something that they've done yeah. or hearing about it and they say never meet your heroes right for a yeah. reason <laughs> what is yeah. that reason what is that reason is because they'll always disappoint you because you you have you put them in a pedestal on a pedestal and uh, you distort your image of them with your good feelings. I feel like them. 
Yeah, like I just think it's a wrong expectation, you know, like it's on your part if your hero doesn't meet your expectation because you're mm -hmm. just forgetting that they're a human too. And it kind of is like what you were saying about like Taylor Swift and how that album was sort of like pulling yourself away from all of that expectation that was being put on her and all the the things that people were falsely mm -hmm. saying about her not even falsely but judging her harder than they would judge a regular person because i mean like we all know people who may date a lot or do something like that but that's not even like a flaw you usually if someone does something on a very human level like someone that is you consider on your level it's easier to just see it as a part of them but when a celebrity does it it's all of a sudden like a huge flaw mm -hmm. and something to point out you know like you put them above the average person i know so many people who've who've done so many things far worse than what makes the tabloids but people they're like oh well that's just so and so but when a celebrity does it it's like oh they had this huge responsibility and it's like i mean mm -hmm. they're just a person they are just a person and that's the thing about celebrity culture is that we treat these people like they're icons and they can't possibly live up to that uh you know to that being on a pedestal and being this perfect paragon of excellence and virtue and uh achievement it's just like they're human beings and we're all human beings and we all deserve forgiveness we all deserve love and that's like what connects us all is we're just all we all just want to be loved and we all just want to be admired and it reminds me of the george orwell quote that perhaps one did not want to be loved but understood yeah i'm paraphrasing it but from 1984 it's one of my favorite novels yeah and that's, I mean, to take it into a very modern spin, uh, I don't know if you've yeah. heard it yet, but like Justin Bieber just released it about Lonely, all about how it feels to be a celebrity who has everything. But at the end of the day, like, oh. what does it mean to have all of the money and fame when you just don't have the basics, like of people who care about you and people you can turn to in the hard times and people who aren't judging you for what you've done? Mm hmm. Are you a big fan of Justin Bieber? Um, I don't really know any of his recent stuff. When I was younger, I definitely was a, a fan of his older stuff. But I just really like I was just driving song, come on, and it just captivated me because I was like, wow, this is a very honest piece by Justin. Yeah, just come out and say this. He's gotten a lot of hate, and it's not it has not been well deserved in my opinion because he's just been growing up on a public stage like in front of everybody's eyes and that, that cannot be easy for anybody which is the reason why a lot of child actors you know their lives gonna go awry because they just don't have a stable relationship with fame yet yeah and it's hard for people to even deal with fame at a young age because you're still just figuring out your place in the world you're still figuring out who you are and then all of a sudden you have these tabloids talking about who you are and, and making stories about you and, and painting this image of you that might not even be congruent with your own self image. And I think that's what Justin Bieber has gone through is uh, just growing up in the public eye and only having his, only having his, his art as being his outlet and, you know, not knowing who to trust. That sounds like kind of a nightmare almost. Yeah. It, sometimes it sounds like kind of funny, you know, like, Oh, you can go, you know, do the fun stuff, party and, and get to have all this money and do all this stuff. But it doesn't sound at all worth it for the fact that your mistakes are not, you know, like when I make a mistake, I might worry about it. I might feel bad about it, but 
I disappear. I'm not, you know, my family and friends are going to hold it mm-hmm. against me forever. But when you're as big as Justin Bieber, you know, people will still bring up things he did ages ago that like, he was like, what, yeah. 17? Like who didn't make mistakes when they were 17? He pissed in a bucket. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. I, I don't know what he did, but he was just doing some, some stupid teenager shit that dumb teenagers do because they're dumb. I'm just, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but I've been told that sometimes it's hard for, for people to tell. Like in terms of feedback, I've gotten a lot of great feedback on the show so far. But one thing, one thing that has been told to me is that sometimes it's hard to tell when I'm being sarcastic and when I mean something sincerely. Let me just say this for the listeners. I'm always being authentic and I'm always being sincere, but I might not always be sarcastic. I might not, I'm not always being sarcastic, but when I am, I'll try it harder to make it more evident that I am. <laughs> yeah. Just a little aside there that needed to clarify, I guess, just to, just cause I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, is there anything about the show that you feel could be improved on? And you're like, yeah, your sarcasm. I mean, everything else is great, but your sarcasm, you know, I, I'm the type to like ruminate and overthink over that one thing, even though that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's just that some people won't get it and maybe some others will. And that's fine with me. I mean, I'm not going to resonate with everybody, but who is? Yeah. You know, only, only, only the greatest of the greats resonate with every single person. And, and even then, I still feel like they don't resonate with everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just human nature. Speaking of human nature, oh, oh, um, yeah. Did you want to continue with your um, top ten? Or did you want to keep unpacking mine first? Either um, way, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll just say some artists, and we can we can try and unpack one of them. Let's unpack I... all of them, or or let's <laughs> let's select the ones that stand out to us because we otherwise we'll be doing a four hour podcast, and I'm I'm not Joe Rogan, so let's not. I'm just do gonna that. have to choose the first ten that pop out. At okay, me. do it. So this is. Won't reflect my top ten of all time, but I guess top ten right yeah. now. Okay, of the moment, I, I dig it. Yeah. So, Twenty One Pilots is for yeah. sure. I you already know Paramore. Mm-hmm. It's one of I my love Twenty One Pilots. Oh yeah. Their lyrics are so clever and so divergent, like in terms of divergent thinking versus convergent thinking. Like convergent thinking being like, oh, there's one one right answer for everything, and then conver- divergent thinking is like. Oh, what do bananas and sheep have to do with each other? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or what does uh, a treehouse and a ladder uh, have to do with making money? Right. Yeah. I also just love Twenty One Pilots because of their lyrics. And uh, Tyler Joseph is definitely an overthinker. Yeah. Has to. Be. I can tell. <laughs> overthinkers recognize overthinkers. I think. I think that's why I find their music so exciting because I wonder, you know, just because they, they do make good music and they're catchy and, you know, they have radio friendly songs that have gone big. But for the, there's a large fan base of people that I think are like overthinkers and very much resonate with their music. And I find that interesting about the group. Yeah. That they attract. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, my friend, Belle, who's on episode six. But uh, she uh, went to a 21 Pilots concert and she invited me and I, I couldn't go because I was working. And I, I, I was almost tempted to just skip out on work and just make up this bullshit excuse like, oh, I'm coughing. 
I don't want to cough on people's drinks because I was a bartender at the time. But uh, I don't want to cough on people's drinks. <laughs> but uh, I, I really wanted to go so bad, but I decided to fulfill my duties that I signed up for. Uh, and uh, but that's neither here nor there. Essentially, um, I I missed out on this like amazing. They had this like board, this cardboard like surface or something, this flat plane that they held over the audience or like that they let the audience carry and they were like doing percussion on it or like dancing on it. I have no idea what they were doing, but it sounded so cool. And uh, I just want to mention that story because uh, that's my biggest, like, I don't know, it could have been a turning point in my life and I just missed it. And I will forever have that FOMO that I missed out on something beautiful, life-changing. I've seen 21 Pilots twice and it was it was all I could have ever wanted from that show. <laughs> I've been to quite a few concerts because when I was eating passes sometimes to see artists, 21 oh, pilots yeah. as, as many artists as I've loved and I've seen, I think 21 pilots has definitely put on two of the, two of the best shows I've ever seen. They're just so authentic on the stage. You can tell that they're not rehearsing this. It's not like mm. routine. They're living in every single moment that they're performing. And it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, because you the energy is kind of contagious, isn't it, or infectious? Maybe yeah. those aren't the right words it, to be using in this in this era, <laughs> but uh, it's it's sensitive. It makes it's sensual. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Can't find the right words. I'm overthinking right now. But I actually think about a lot about divergent timelines, and you know what would have happened had I lived in Florida, for for example, because we moved to Florida when I was one. But like, I went to a mother-mother concert with my friend Amara, who's going to be on a future episode. And um, we we went to mother-mother, had a great time. It was one of those life-changing concerts. But at the end of the concert, I had to go to the bathroom and she was looking for her friend who was a stagehand. And she actually got to go backstage while I was in the bathroom. And I could not go back into the Back, I could not go backstage to meet Amara because I didn't have a backstage pass, but Amara did because her friend gave her a backstage pass. And she got to meet uh, Mother Mother. She got to meet Ryan Goldman, and Ryan kissed her on the forehead. And then there's a picture of it on Instagram, and I'm so jealous. I want Ryan to kiss me on the forehead because he's a god. And like, honestly, like, if he could bless me with whatever it is he, he has going on up in his noggin, I would be much much blessed much much you know grateful very mucho grateful <laughs> yeah anyways back to 21 pilots uh, mother mother is like <laughs> another like because i couldn't mention bands as a rule as i made for myself mother mother is definitely my top 12 my 12th nice. and 13th is tam Paula. Oh. and 14th is glass animals yeah. Yeah, and fifteenth yeah. uh, is. Uh, I'll get. I'll get back to the fifteenth. I can't think of one right now. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, if I didn't use bands, I feel like it'd be a lot harder for me because I think I just listen to a lot of bands. Okay, bands are great. Tame Impala is a funny one because Tame Impala is a band, but also one man like doing their studio recording. It's all Kevin Parker doing the compositions and the writing and like he performs with his band Tame Apollo 
but Tame Impala is really just like the brainchild of Kevin Parker, who's also one of my heroes, and is also Jesus reincarnated. But that's neither here nor there. One of the, one of the Jesuses, anyway. <laughs> that's not making it about religion, unless you want, unless you want to, unless you want to go there. I'm down to go anywhere. Okay, let's take this. <laughs> let's take this uh, vaporwave car, this DeLorean, to uh, the sunset, and we'll, we'll fly off to Mars or something. I want to meet the aliens. Aliens from Mars, spiders from Mars too. The spiders are friendly though; I mean, they don't bite, unless you want them to. Really? Ziggy Stardust knows all about that. Yeah, I can't even remember which group I was on. 21 Pilots? Yeah, 21 Pilots, right? They're amazing. And Paramore, uh, obviously. Paramore, yeah. And then my next band is the Front Bottoms, who, like, like through to a concert. You know, Ooh, the pandemic, nice. there's no concerts. It was interesting. Well, there are, but they're virtual. Yeah, and they're it's they're an in interesting the sky experience. too. Pink Floyd performs in the, in the sky. sky all the time. Yeah, there's a bull in the matador dueling in the sky too. Have you done any virtual concerts lately? Um, I in Edmonton, Alberta, where I live, Canada, Treaty Six territory. Um, we have. So, uh, a radio station called Sonic 102.9 FM, and they play alternative rock and uh, modern rock is what their brand is. And they do these things called Sonic Sessions. And they did they 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 did some live sessions with Mother Mother was there too, but they had um, I can't remember uh, their names, but did other artists. I think they were just replaying old live sessions, which is totally fine. Uh, but like they had Deer Rouge, uh, Scenic Route to Alaska among other bands that I can't remember. But they were also very good. I think the Arkells were there too. Nice. Yeah, but um, I, I do like, I have friends, uh, Jamie Ladden, who was in a previous podcast um, that isn't out yet at, this, at the time we're recording this, for your information, Leanne. But at the time this gets posted, it will be out uh, episode eight. Uh, Sideways Infinity of Overthinkers Anonymous, uh, Jamie Latin or Jamie Delaney, as she goes by on on the on the episode, she does these live Facebook live sessions where she plays music and does covers, and you know it's just spontaneous and it's like she might give like a word of warning like oh hey in ten minutes I'm going live or I'm going live later today be sure to catch me at eight p.m. or something, and I feel like it's just such a such a great way to bring people together. And bend time and space, and creating a virtual space for for music to be heard and music to be played and enjoyed together. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, like doing live stuff virtually these days because you know everyone's just kind of in their own space but they all everyone can connect for a moment with this one thing like i think it's really special that we have that during this time because i feel like in you know in any other time in history 
obviously things would be very different. But if, if we didn't have the ability to still connect with anything, like we still have social media, we can still do virtual shows, people can do lives of whatever they want. I think it's just a unique thing that we get to experience because mm -hmm. it's not the same as human connection, but it's still somehow makes it better it's a substitute for if now. we were just yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's what's gonna be sufficient for now but it's not a replacement by any means oh yeah um but yeah uh this podcast is brought to you by whiskey arizona it's you put you pour some ice into a glass you put some jack daniels in there an ounce or two you pour some arizona green tea and you drop some honey in it and it's just delicious i used to be a bartender in a past life so it's just a something i had to drop in there for no reason because i'm drinking it right now and i feel really good it's really calming my nerves nice especially after that anxiety <laughs> i'm doing a lot better now you were a bartender oh just for like two months before the pandemic but hit i do not do that anymore <laughs> Oh, did you enjoy it when while you were doing it? Yeah, and it wasn't like a hard time bartender position. It was mm. uh, it was a very interesting, beautiful coffee shop that served drinks at night. So I was like barista when I started my shift, bartender at the end of the night, and it was damn. It was so enjoyable. I think I miss bartending, and I, I can't wait to go back to it at some point as like a side thing, just because it was. Mixology is so fun. You it just is. get to experiment and then yeah. try what you do. It's like alchemy. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. it's like cocktails and you know screwdrivers. No, low highballs. Cocktails and highballs um, are just there's so much possibility. And I love mixing and playing around. And I love tasting because tasting is a very grounding experience for me. Like when I eat, I like to like I like to eat Cheerios. Personally, because I, it, it grounds me. It's so bland, and and like I don't eat the honey nut Cheerios because it's too sweet, and overwhelming for my for my brain. Because I'm already quite. I already have, as you could probably tell, a very overstimulated brain, which is probably why I'm an overthinker. But, and maybe this is a good time to talk about ADHD. I, I have ADHD, and I'm super just like on all the time, and sometimes I don't know how to turn off. Um, but yeah, it's it's something I, I can manage well via. Like what I use is fidget toys and like this, I don't know if you heard me playing with this fidget toy. It's a fidget cube and I have a stress ball. I have a golf ball in front of me and I have my lip balm and EOS lip balm. EOS, not, not a sponsor, but I wish they were, I'm looking for sponsors right now. So if you, you want to sponsor me, I'm on, if you want to sponsor this podcast, please reach out to me, <laughs> but that's, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little clip for that later in the episode. Yeah, that's an interlude. <laughs> yeah, um, ADHD. Thoughts? Experiences? Yeah. I also have ADHD. Mm -hmm. it's I have common. a fidget toy, too. I have had oh, yeah. so but I, yeah, I used to, like, put them, like, I had this one, I don't, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called the Fidget Junior. You could find it on, like, Amazon or something. Mm -hmm. They just sell... These like, uh, you just kind of bend it, twist it. It's like a, sort of like a giant Lego that's connected to itself. 
Um, but when I used to play with it a lot, I had a bad habit of like sticking it in my mouth. And <laughs> so I stopped using those and I started playing with my hair like a whole bunch as, as a fidget thing, but it still doesn't quite help as much. I think I just see ADHD as like when I'm, when I'm not working or not forced to do focus work, it's not the worst thing ever. I think it, I kind of, at this point, I think it's like a part of my identity, you know, who I am. Like if I wasn't thinking so much and if I didn't have such a, I don't know, overstimulated brain, I feel like I'd be bored, but maybe I only think that because I have ADHD, you know, yeah. you ever feel that way? Totally. A hundred percent. I, I couldn't have articulated it better myself. Um, <laughs> um, with me personally, sometimes it's just a matter of like, like processing and like, I, the fact is I'm paying attention, but maybe I'm not focused on what I'm paying attention to, if that makes sense. Like, and it's weird to draw a distinction between focus and attention, but it seems like sometimes my attention is engaged, but my focus is away from it or, or engaged in another task. And it's just like I'm multitasking and it's like, I'm get, I'm get, I'm I'm receiving the information, but at the same time, it goes into one ear and not out the other. But it passes through the brain, which is something I heard from a friend of mine that kind of blew my mind. Like, oh, sure, it goes in one one ear and right through another, but it still passes through your brain. So that means something. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's been interesting as like uh, an adult trying to deal with this because when I was younger I actually I have like four siblings including myself Ooh. who have uh diagnosable ADHD and that's four out of six oh, sorry so to hear that. Yeah. That must a lot of us. House. <laughs> yeah. all ADHD and, so, and not like ADD or something like ADHD being like a hyperactivity and like it's all been ADHD high energy enough. yeah yeah and it's just strange because when I was in high school I or not high school, like all high school and always perceived as just being like smart and quiet. So like no one took me seriously when I would say like, I just have an attention problem. I don't know. I can't focus. And they were like, you have good grades, so you're fine. <laughs> but when me I went too, off to college girl. and the grades got harder, that was the first yeah. time I ever got like diagnosed yeah. and started your ADHD. Cause I find it's just a weird experience, like trying to use medicine to treat ADHD, just because it, it does work to like, you know, in the moment, but I just find it a strange experience doing it. Cause I felt like I turned a part of myself for those few hours that it works, you know? Yeah, I have been treated for ADHD. I have taken Dexedrin and Adderall. I've tried Dextro, Dexedrin and Vyvanse. I've, I find Dexedrin and Vyvanse in low amounts are the what works best for me. I'm not on them currently simply because I want to give my brain a break. And also, uh, I don't want to because it is very it is a very powerful tool. And it, like people, it's not it's a coincidence that people use it for studying, like for quote unquote enhanced cognitive enhancement or enhanced cognitive performance and uh and they use it as a as a nootropic or as like a a brain hack and it's you know that's something that you have to be careful with because it, it can be highly addictive and you know it can cause anxiety and and your heart to beat faster so you got to be careful about that 
and it's just important to not abuse it because I'm a very the thing that I'm being very careful about is my addictive personality and my my uh, just tendency to overdo things sometimes like cannabis is another thing I tend to overdo if I start using it wrong or start abusing it it's just easy for me to fall into a downward spiral of addiction and dexedrine is something I, I abused when I was manic because I'm also I also have bipolar and that's what some, some psychiatrists have issues with uh, prescribing uh, dexedrine or amphetamines of any sort to somebody who is bipolar because it can increase the risk of a manic episode but it does not necessarily cause it from my experience, the same way that cannabis does not necessarily cause psychosis, but it tends to exacerbate what's already there. And that's just my hypothesis. I don't, I don't have a PhD. I don't, I don't know anything. I know nothing. I'm Jon Snow. Yeah. I have a lot of hypotheses that I can't really back up because I'm also, I just have a BA, like, what is it? A BA in psychology. So yeah, I have a I'm BS, not like, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like we like know enough, but we still can't say these things for certain. Sadly. We know enough to know we don't know anything at all. Exactly. I think it's that's the crazy thing about studying psychology that really got to me was understanding that this is all theory. No one really knows anything. We're just putting words to things, and that's mm-hmm. how we make sense of the world. But at the end of the day, like it's all theory. It's all just what we think. So I think that it's, it's hard to say, you know, what's right or wrong. And when I have a thought and I think, you know, for me, it's right. And it works for me. Then I'm just like, well, that for me, I guess that's right. Cause right. Doesn't even really have. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's so like, that really resonates with me. Um, because we just, there's just no way of knowing the answer is for sure, even though we do have theories. But again, theories are flexible and tend to morph and change over time the more we learn. But also theories bridge gaps between different disciplines. And uh, I believe the more we learn about psychology, the more we learn about philosophy, the more we learn about biology and physics and how all that stuff relates, because that's just the deeper, deeper, we're deep digging into the roots of knowledge, of, of just pure knowledge and information. And when we do that, we see that they're all connected at the roots. And that's like cross-pollination is a, is a term that was introduced to me by Dr. Peter Silverstone, who I interviewed with the Gateway at University of Alberta when I was a journalist in a past life. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he talks about cross-pollination of different disciplines and how that's where the future is, is multidisciplinary. The future is multidisciplinary because if if your skill set and your toolkit, your your mental toolkit, your intellectual toolkit only has one specific set of tools or just one hammer, then everything is a nail. And you know, you you don't get the big picture. You just see a little fragment, you just see the the, the leaf and you think it's the tree. You you see the tree and you you see, you miss the forest. And you see the forest and you miss the country or the 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 land that it's on, and then you miss the planet. You can go on for eons about like this infinite regress, but or this infinite progress, progression of ideas into into new ideas that sprout and travel like memes. I think that's what makes <laughs> overthinking so interesting. You know, like you really can if you think hard enough. Everything, everything's connected. Everything. In- 
some way. Everything's connected. It's like the more you do and the more you know, the more you see it. And it just kind of, I don't know, in a sense to me, sometimes it becomes overwhelming when I try to like, that's, that's why I was talking about like, when I think about living a meaningful life, like, what does that mean? And I start to think about all the things that there are and how everything is connected and how everything works. I'm just like, how do I even narrow this down to what I do every day? How do I like, yeah, yeah just how do I find this? Just got to dig deeper, I guess, and grow the seeds that are have been planted, like tend to them and water them by reading more and learning more and speaking about it with people and not being shy about it. Because I've had, I've had so many ideas in my head, like I almost said heads, but like. I don't have multiple heads. I'm not a two-headed monster or a monster with two heads. Like Coleman Hall reference for you, Coleman Hall fans. <laughs> uh, there must be something in the water I'm drinking. Oh, yeah, it's Jack Daniels in Arizona. It was just a splash of water. But um, essentially, yeah, I'm on fire today. I'm surprised by how, how many references I'm dropping. And uh, it's like more than usual. Um, it's overwhelming me as well because um, it all it took was some a minute of meditation before starting the recording <laughs> and just to gather my thoughts and I think my fight or flight system has been activated because of and I think I don't know if it's divine intervention because I don't know if I believe in that I'm an agnostic so you know I it's not that I don't believe anything but I, I question everything and I, I just settle on the idea that I don't know anything which goes back to the, what we're talking about but I think, you know, there was a reason why my phone had technical difficulties where I couldn't initiate the recording and I was, my blood pressure started spiking and my heart rate increased and I was like, oh shit. But really, you know, that just made me more, just put, maybe, maybe it increased the blood flow to my brain actually, because I was like, okay, now that I'm doing this podcast, I got to have more blood flow to my brain. So it just, you know what I mean? This is bio stuff too. Yeah. Homeostasis or whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I was never good at the biology side of things. I mean, I, I find it interesting. I'm not really into biology, like your organs and what's going on mm. in there, but I, I personal training for a while. So I'm interested in biology as far as like how we move our bodies and how that impacts us. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. Bio is so cool because it's just, to me, to bring it back to, to, to God, because I always love talking about God. I it just, it's the beauty of God's design or the study of God's design. And it's quite a beautiful thing in my opinion. Are, do you, do you, are you, do you have faith or do you, are you comfortable talking about your faith? Yeah. Uh, I am a believer. I believe in God and I do believe in the beauty of creation. Uh, I, I mean, I just think the human body is, it's so interesting. I think I read something the other day about how like the, or I don't know if I read it or I heard it. It might've even been on your podcast because I've been listening to it okay. a bit, but like um, it was something about like the human body is like, you know, like the vessel and the soul got trapped in the body. No, I, this was in a book I read. Oh. It was like, your body has instincts and your soul is pure, but the soul was brought onto earth to be put into the body to learn to control the body's instincts. Ooh. And that 
was just really interesting. Like the, uh, ego, to me, super like, ego are the instincts. Yeah. Instinctual parts of us. Um, I just want to redirect people to episode eight, Sideways Infinity with Jamie Delaney, which isn't out yet at this time that we're recording. But in the future, and I'm, sp- I'm speaking to the future, I'm speaking through time. The Blue Yeti microphone that I have is a you know, Dr. Whovian invention because I can speak through time. And by the time this podcast is released with me and Leanne, I don't know what I'm going to title it yet, but I'm thinking I'm going to title it uh, Getting Psyched About Music or something like that, or Get Psyched About Music. What do you think about that? I like that. Um, but yeah, by the time this podcast gets released, episode eight, Sideways Infinity, will be out, and it will totally bend and blow your mind because we talk about the human biocomputer, which is a metaphor that was put forth by John C. Lilly, who pioneered the float tank, did some weird experiments with dolphins and uh, and LSD and psychedelics. And it was a quite a, kind of a mad scientist, just the, the true definition of a mad genius who was not afraid of what people thought of him. And you, th- those combinations are quite uh, potent in a person <laughs> like John C. Lilly. Uh, and he, yeah, he uh, essentially like he talks about the human biocomputer being like kind of a, a metaphor, but also very parallel and you know analogous, one to one analogous to the design of the computers that we have. It's almost like we design computers in our image in a way, because we have. A visual system like a screen which is the computer's eyes or the visual system we have a cpu central programming unit which is the brain the, the soul where the soul of the computer is and then we have keyboards which you know are like sensory neurons that fire into the mainframe and send out signals functions essentially that and essentially what we have created is an extension of us that's the funniest part of the joke because it's just a cosmic joke. It's like if it's it's like the extended mind thesis released by David Chalmers and some other philosopher dude. I, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but uh, let me look it up. Uh, extended the extended mind hypothesis or extended mind thesis, which was developed by uh, David Chalmers and Andy Clark in the extended mind, 1998. They talk about the idea of active externalism and the idea that, you know, cognitive processes get extended into our environment via these technologies. And if you were to draw the Vitruvian man, and this is an idea I got from Jason Silva, who is an excellent philosopher, techno philosopher, uh, techno optimist like me. Uh, I'm a techno optimist. I'm not a techno philosopher. I don't, I don't claim that as, as being me, but uh, Jason Silva certainly is like uh, he, uh, he talks about how if you were to draw, and I don't know if this was his idea. I think he was probably quoting somebody else. This is like a meta, like quoting somebody who's quoting something, who's probably quoting God or somebody. Or like, he was probably a prophet. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just goes on and on and on. Like, kind of like sampling music. But uh, anyway, I digress a lot. Uh, but this externalism, this idea that, you know, our technology and our cell phones are an extension of our minds and our, and our, and our selves and our tools um if you were to draw the vitruvian man for the 21st century he would have a cell phone in his hand or a virtual reality helmet on his head you know what i mean it's it's crazy yeah yeah 
I kind of got lost in that while you were saying it. I did too. <laughs> I had to, to I had to, you know, keep one gra- one hand on the on the steering wheel while I was saying that because otherwise we would have careened off off the road and into the, you know, virtual uh grid world of this matrix that we're currently driving through. Do you want to take the wheel? Take the wheel? Yeah, do you want to do you want to continue on with your uh with your your favorite artists slash bands. Oh wow! I forgot where the wheel was. Uh, oh, don't worry. I'm keeping track. <laughs> I'm keeping track. Don't worry. All right. Have I mentioned Lemon Demon already? No. I don't know if you've ever heard Lemon Demon's um, album. Let me see. What is it called? I'm also looking through my Spotify, mm-hmm. my big playlist. Oh, Spirit Phone. That is, that is an album for overthinkers for sure. Mm-hmm. It's one I've been listening to a lot lately. Arrested Youth is an artist uh, that I recently got into. They released a, an album called Arrested Youth and the Quarantiners, which was just interesting. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really interesting. I'll, I'll definitely listen to it. Thanks for the recommendations. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Marina. Have you ever heard of like Marina and the Diamonds? Now goes by yeah. Marina. <laughs> yeah, I really like their music from what I what I've heard. I can't remember the song that I listened to, but um, is it like I don't want to? Uh, let me just look it up real quick. Uh, Marina, Prima Donna. I love Prima Donna. Yeah. Prima Donna girl. Marina's an amazing artist and. Marina, like, I I only see which record it was because there's one song that I'm just so into right now. Um, I think it's called from Love and Fear from 2019, mm-hmm. and she has this song called "To Be Human," and it is just beautiful. That sounds very. Uh, that song, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And the video is so good. She's just, she's so honest and mm-hmm. she's talking about how like. I don't know, she mentions God in it too, um, just kind of saying like, you know, what what does God think of the humans now? I, I often wonder that a lot too, you mm-hmm. know, given the current state of the world, you know, what does what does God think of this creation? It reminds me of, you know, do you like Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham? I, I don't know if I consider him Sounds necessarily a musician as much as he's a comedian. He's, he's, look up Bo Burnham uh, later and look up his specials on Netflix if you have Netflix. He has a special called What? period and a special called make happy and i think in what i, I might be wrong but in what he has a song called a song from a from the perspective of god and it's exactly about this and he's saying that um god really like you know if you're gonna give money to god give it to a homeless person or charity rather than a church which i mean and there's nothing wrong with giving money to your church don't get me wrong yeah I was raised yeah. Catholic, so like, I have no problem with church at all. I think it's a good thing, ultimately, for humanity, uh, church. But It kind of went out there. Sorry? Oh, I think church is ultimately a good thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, the audio just I, I was saying church is ultimately a good thing for humanity, especially yeah. the church of man or the church of mad love. I, I, I always, that's a Bowie lyric. Um the church of bad love is such a holy place to be. I think it's mad love, but it could be man 
love, man, comma, love, but I'm overthinking about that. That's neither here nor there. Anyways, favorite artists and bands. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what you number just, I'm just on. Name I should have been numbering them off. off. I'm going to assume that was like six or seven, Never know. somewhere along those lines. We're in, we're in new territory now. Uh, we're not in Kansas anymore. That's true. Uh, we're in Oz territory. <sighs> uh, just I like small I'm pools a lot. They're just fun. There's some. I'm not familiar with small pools. Small pools, they're, I, I don't even know what I'd call them. They're mostly pop, but it, I don't even know. Like, you know, like some bands, they're pop, mm. but they're like pop mm -hmm. alternative. But what does that even mean? I talk about they, genres they a lot because I think they're kind of convoluted. I like that. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, they're very poppy, but <laughs> there's some bands I just like just because, you know, their music's fun and connect with them it's on that. Like like, Asking you, asking it's someone exciting. to define Radiohead. Like, how do you define a Radiohead? Which, again, I'll say that's number 14. Or I don't know which number I'm on now. But number 13, maybe? I don't know. Radiohead, another big influential band on me artistically and lyrically. Or, like, poetically. I don't know. I, I, I do make my own music, too. Oh, I don't. I make spoken word poems to music. And I, I produce some of the beats myself. But that's, uh, yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Nice. It's, anybody's interested in, in checking that out just look at my name jonah angelus um just a little plug there but um yeah red hot chili peppers is another influential band big band like my first album i've ever gotten is uh stadium Arc arcadium the first album i ever bought with my own money stadium arcadium so that that album has a huge place in my heart and same with the white album which is another album i bought beatles is up there with me, like pink floyd just to name off a few more led zeppelin um yeah that's all for smashing pumpkins that's all i got yeah i love radiohead's yeah. karma police that's my favorite so song radiohead okay computer is so good it's so groundbreaking for its time and so relevant even in today's world even more relevant in the digital age uh but karma police for sure because i feel like a lot of people call the karma police on people you know what i mean karma police yeah. arrest this woman she said non-binary people are invalid yeah the lyric her hitler hairdo is making me feel ill has always stood out to me yeah i love that lyric But yeah, Radiohead was definitely one of those artists that like their music is still meaningful. And like you said, if not more. And I think that's what really good art is, you know, like really good art transcends time yeah. and gets stronger with time. Um, really good art is forever. <laughs> that's simply put, simple way of putting it. Reminds me of Anthony Fantano and his, yeah. his, you know, his last uh, words for every video like so and so you know anthony fantano stadium arcadium forever white album forever in rainbows forever in rainbows is my favorite radiohead album by the way on the subject of radiohead yeah i'll check it have out. you not listened to it yeah you're in for a treat it's um through. it's so good it's so cohesive and 
they actually sold it for you know name pay what you can online uh, when it was first released, which was groundbreaking at the time. Uh, because music was music can be expensive for people, especially like in relation to everything else that you know is expensive in our lives. And um, you know they just decided to give it away for free for some people. They're like you know you pay what you want, but it kind of stripped away the idea that art has to be profitable. Yeah, and and um, that art has to have monetary value. If that makes sense, does that resonate, resonate with you? Yeah, it does. Because I, you know, I also have my own podcast, you know, Get Psych Podcast, and I like to write. and And I, I see that you do it too. Like we both do a lot mm-hmm. of different things, you know, music. And I saw you have like photography, and you run this podcast, and all of these things that I do. Mm-hmm. I don't get paid for any yeah. of it, but that's not you know why I do it. I don't. I think. Honestly, if I didn't have an avenue, like if I if I wasn't doing something, I don't I'd feel kind of like overwhelmed with my thoughts mm-hmm. if I couldn't ever let them out in some way. And I think art is for some people it's an essential outlet. Like I don't know how some people yeah. don't want to create. Yeah, they must be blocked or something. <laughs> blocked from the divine for some reason. <laughs> no shade. No shade. Or maybe it is a shade that's blocking them. Yeah. From- getting the nutrients, the creative nutrients they need from the ether. Cause it's all out there available for everybody to tap into. It's just, you got to tap into it, you know? Yeah. I honestly think everyone has the capacity and everyone should create because there's not a person in, you know, uh, I guess the first world country like us, like, like there's not a person mm-hmm. who doesn't consume some kind of content something and consuming and creating there has to be a balance if you consume more than you create it just kind of offsets your own thoughts you know your thoughts aren't your own at that point you're constantly consuming but never creating and i think everyone has some way that they can create because if you consume all kinds of content there there has to be something you could add and create okay computer serve me another Whiskey, Arizona, fitter, better, happier, more productive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I just uh, I thought that was a fun place to take the conversation. But yeah, no, I, I, I totally hear you. Um, that stuff is, is really interesting to think about. And yeah, like creation is just what we do as humans. And I think that's the reason why animals haven't tried to cause a revolution against humans because we're at the top of the food pyramid right or not the food pyramid but the the food chain well let's call it a food pyramid we're at the top of the food pyramid we eat everybody no not everybody oh not everybody eats everybody we don't eat others we don't eat people some of us eat bats for some reason and that's weird but that's neither here nor there um but um where was it going with this discursive train of thought um I should probably focus on the road ahead, but essentially what we do is by creating art is we express our souls, the contents of our souls and our minds and our hearts. And we speak our truth and we speak our love and 
you know, that's a gift. We provide those boons to the world because why else have we gone on those hero's journeys into the dark night of the soul in order to learn, right? In order to pre like reprogramming, reprogram ourselves and function better in our bodies in these 3D meat vessels that are analogous to computers. Like we're essentially just upgrading our firmware. Some of us get thought viruses and mind viruses and biological, biochemical, biopsych, biopsychological, or, or not, what am I looking for? Physiological, you know, diseases and viruses and rest in peace to everybody who's passed away from COVID-19. I'm not trying to make fun of it or, you know, make a joke out of it, but like, this is this is literally you know um, a malfunction of the human system, which is indicative of a function of the ecosystem, which is indicative of a malfunction of the planet. And again, I don't mean to. I'm going to preface this by saying I don't mean to cause any any controversy by saying this, but I really believe that this might be if the Earth was a large computer that you know as. Childish Gambino reference in Because the Internet, which is one of my favorite albums. And we haven't even gotten, gotten into albums yet. But uh, Because the Internet, one of the last songs is called Earth, the Oldest Computer. And Earth is a computer. And that's something that Douglas, Douglas Adams referenced in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, you know, the meaning of life is 42, obviously. Duh. And um, what I'm saying with this is that these perhaps... And I'm just positing this. This is just a hypothesis. Um, but what if the Earth's immune system was reacting to the way we treat it? What if Earth created as an immune, like inflammatory immune system response, like a Gaian, Gaian initiated, like Mother Gaia? When I say Gaian, Gaian, Super Gaian, Super Saiyan. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not freestyling. By the way, I'm just rhyming, but that's neither here nor there. And, you know, I'm trying to think of the timing of these words and how this might be a sensitive topic. But I, I really think that this is just like a biochemical response that the Earth initiated as a form of bio warfare in order to address, for one, our activity, our, our complete and utter disregard for Mother Earth for nature and for the land and for you know our short-sightedness and self-centeredness and maybe this is just human nature's or mother nature's way of asserting its dominance on humanity and putting us in our place and saying hey stop fucking with me stop fucking with my system you're fucking me up and you're gonna fuck yourself up you're gonna kill yourself essentially you're gonna you're gonna doom yourself for for and you're going to be nothing at a certain point, but I'll still be, I'll still be around, but I have to control you now. And I have to, you know, I, I hate saying this because so maybe I should continue, but uh, what do you think? What do you think of this? What I'm saying is this is kind of a, this like complete divergence from the topic, but I think it's important to have this conversation, these conversations. When, yeah, I mean, way before all of what's happening in the world right by, now. by the way this is a happening. thought experiment i've actually heard it's not a yeah and i think it's it's fair yeah. to have that and again i'm i'm very sorry to the people who were lost to the, to the ones who were left behind and you know i'm very sorry that you lost your family members or your friends 
I've lost people in my extended family that I know of, and it breaks my heart. I'm not speaking from a place of ignorance. I'm speaking from a place of utter sincerity and just pure curiosity, childlike, perhaps naive curiosity. So, yeah, I just want to say that. Yeah, and I agree. And and I've heard of this way before uh, the pandemic, actually. I've heard someone say something like uh, along the lines of, you know, humans to earth, we kind of always assume that we, you know, belong mm-hmm. here inherently. And I think that uh, the, the way I heard it hypothesized was like, we may think of aliens as other people coming to earth but why don't we think of ourselves as aliens to earth who knows if earth really wanted us here or if we truly belong as much as we like to believe we do and that sometimes nature might just be trying to you know assert for tom cruise are you a Um, member of scientology the church of scientology no okay just wanted to make sure i didn't want to give a platform to tom cruise or any of his minions but I'm just kidding. I, I, I have nothing against the Church of Scientology. Definitely. Please don't kill me. I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about it, to be honest. But I just, I just remember hearing that once and thinking it was, it was kind of interesting. You know, I am um, a believer, like I already said, in God. But I do also, you know, I don't let myself stray away from having thoughts and wondering about the universe and the world. Like, I don't let it limit me in the way that I see things. So I do sometimes wonder about that, like, you know, nature is a force. It is, you know, regardless of, I think, how one might believe. It's, it's hard to deny that nature has its force and its way of doing things. And so I think it is interesting to, to wonder um, what role nature plays in the way that this things work out for us humans. Psychoecology here, 101. Viewing yeah. nature as a conscious force with its own biological mechanisms. Where is my PhD? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me <laughs> let me just take a sip of humility right now. Okay, let's continue. Favorite albums, artists. What else? Yeah. Oh, favorite favorite, favorite artists. Let's we can we can segue into favorite albums too. Yeah, we can actually. I'll take this artist into an cool. album because I am a huge fan of this band called. Can Pink you repeat Sons. that? You ever heard of them? Bat Sons? Bat Sons? Bad Sons. Bad no. Sons. Yeah. Oh, they have this album called Language and Perspective that I was actually thinking about mm-hmm. when we first started talking about language. Um, just because, you know, they do say in one of the songs, one of the lyrics is language and perspective mm-hmm. shape the way we live. And uh, it's just <sighs> truth bomb dropped right in there. But they were definitely overthinkers. And you listen to this album and you can hear it. It's just yeah. a man questioning life and he's just frustrated in some of the songs and the whole album is just kind of like a huge question mark and i resonate with that that's why i love this i love album. it i love that so much um i have to listen to them yeah uh if i can go next um i'm gonna rattle off my favorite albums alphabetical order just based on my spotify library so i'll just go through this real quick and if you want to stop me and pause me and like you can always like pause me and we can talk about a specific album and unpack it a bit and what it means to me and what I feel about it. But here I go. Um, An Awesome Wave by Alt-J. Um, Angus and Julia Stone 
by Angus and Julia Stone. The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. Um, um, Goddess by Banks. And all her albums. <laughs> all her other albums are The Altar and um, Three. Uh, Depression Cherry and Bloom by Beach House. Just uh, okay, Teen Dream too, because I really love Beach House. Um, the Beatles. The be, be, by the way, let me unpack this for a second. Beach House reminds me of a past life I lived in Hawaii, in Maui, Hawaii. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Um, what else? What else? What else? I know some people are gonna be like, past life in Hawaii. What is he talking about? This is some nonsense gibberish that he's he's spitting here on this Overthinker's Anonymous podcast. What a pseudo-intellectual, hyper-spiritual, hippie charlatan. Um, when We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie, Arl- Billie Eilish. It's a good one. I really love that because it's about dreams and lucid dreaming and astral projection and I guess, extra dimensional phenomena like night terrors and uh, all that stuff. So Long, See Tomorrow, See Tomorrow by Bombay Bombay Bicycle Club. So Long, See Tomorrow by Bombay Bicycle Club. There we go. I got it. Um, Bonnie Vare by Bonnie Vare, 22 Million by Bonnie Vare, For Emma Forever Go by Bonnie Vare. I really love Bonnie Vare. I really love Bonobo. Uh, the North Borders in particular, and uh, Migration is a good one, and his older stuff that I can't name right now. Uh, oh, uh, Comfort Eagle by Cake, Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper, um, Built on Glass by Chet Faker, Because the Internet by Childish Gambino, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, Kawaii by Childish Gambino. I think you can tell who my favorite artists are. <laughs> Time Rider by the Chromatics, uh, The Hurry and the Harm by City and Color, A Rush of Blood to the Head, Viva La Vida, Ghost Stories by Coldplay, Collective Soul by Collective Soul, Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Um, is that a yawn? <laughs> was that a yawn? Hmm? Oh, okay. Oh, so, I was just saying, oh, no, yeah. No, no, I thought you were yawning. You're like, oh, yeah. these artists are so boring or something. Uh, but I like I love David Bowie. I love Low. I love Black Star. I love Rise of Fall. Ziggy Stardust. I love Let's Dance. I love Aladdin Sane. I love Heroes. I love Hunky Dory. Uh, and probably other other albums of his like Heathen, uh, which are less known but still amazing in their own way. Uh, Fuzzy Brain by Day Glow, which is a new album. Uh, Day Glow is a really good band, and I'm just pulling from like the most note like familiar noticeable artists. Um, or like most familiar, most like, you know, known artists, like mainstream artists, I guess. Because I, I listen to a lot of albums that are not mainstream that I'm, I'm not naming. Just for time's sake, I guess. Uh, Take Care by Drake. Uh, if you're reading, reading this, is too late. So Far Gone, Nothing Was the Same. I, again, I really love Drake. Uh, some rap songs by Earl Sweatshirt. Out of the Blue by Electric Light Orchestra. Recovery by Eminem is a really good album that I will include because it, I relate to it because I, I've been through a lot of mental health issues, mental health struggles. I can 
you know, see a lot of in Eminem and in, in his progression as as a human and as a, as an artist. Uh, Flying Lotus, I love your your dad. I love Cosmogramma. I love Flamagra, Flamagra in Los Angeles. Flying Lotus is one of my favorite artists too. He's an electronic musician. Are you familiar? Um, no. You know, I I feel like this is gonna be way too long if I name everybody else, all the other albums, but Channel Orange and Blonde by Frank Ocean, and I think that's a good place for me to end off. Uh, because Frank Ocean, I've mentioned, this is my fourth, fifth time mentioning Frank Ocean. I just want to know if he's okay. I just want to know that he's, you know, doing okay because he hasn't released an album. It's been radio silence and his fans are all in the dark and we just want to hear from him. We just want him to notice us and acknowledge our existence because we love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. I feel like. I feel like I've got a bunch of artists I need to start listening to now. Oh, same with you. Likewise. But do you want to go ahead and list off your favorite albums all time? All right. That's difficult, but I'm going to try to go in a speed run. Do it. Through his and I'll pause you all if right. I want to comment, if that's okay. So I'm going to have to go with The Family Jewels by Marina. Okay. Uh, Fascination by Breathe Carolina. Uh, Spirit Foam by Lemon Demon. What do you think about the car by Declan McKenna? It's a huge I like Declan McKenna for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Really good, really good um, artist, and and really young too, right? How old is Declan? Oh, I have no idea. He's got to be like early twenties. I think so. Like. Yeah, I, I've known, I've heard, I've heard of him a few years back, so he might be older than I think. Uh, I think he was kind of young when I first listened to him, but I'm I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. And then I'm going to go with Fear and Sobville Episode 1 by Arrested Youth. It's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently started listening to, but it's absolutely blown me away. Pedals for Armor, Haley Williams' solo oh. album. was really exciting. Did a solo I'm not thing. familiar with Haley Williams' solo work, actually. Just Paramore. So I'll have to look into that. It was released last year and it was it was i was so hyped for that nice um my chemical romance oh. honestly uh the black parade yeah i love the black parade it's been one i for some reason or another i just feel more connected to, to, to danger days but the black parade is a classic it's just i think it's I would. I don't know if it's objectively better, but I think it's just a better album overall. But like in terms of how long it'll last, I guess, or like how how its place in the music in in its My Chemical Romance's legacy and the the legacy of of like punk rock and like their genre, like they're punk rock, right? Like emo, yeah, punk, alternative. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. Um, essentially, I feel more connected to Danger Days because they're just some select songs. Like as an album, it doesn't feel as cohesive. It's a little bit more divergent and like playful, I guess, and explorative. Which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a matter of preference, I think. But uh, Danger Days is like there are some select songs that just take me to when to when I was really into them, and like listen to those songs like um, Summertime. And Destroya really puts me in a hyped up mood. And um, Scarecrow, I think, or like the kids from yesterday. I, I don't remember the, the titles of the songs and I'm not going to look them up right now. But yeah. 
Did you ever read The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys? No. Wait, read? Yeah, Gerard Way is a um he he makes comic oh, books yeah. and there's a novel that he made uh, that tells the story of this album. That I think he's son really of a bitch. That. Why is he so talented? <laughs> insanely talented I, have you ever seen the umbrella academy i haven't Netflix? watched it all the way through i i just saw like the first few episodes but i got to i got to watch it i have to because um you just reminded me of it and i think it's time for me to watch it because I, I love superheroes and i love especially realistic takes on it is is it realistic yeah it's grounded in reality right uh, i think yeah. so yeah more well more so in the show than in uh the graphic novel that he made but that was i think he made the true lives of the fabulous killjoys after the umbrella academy because if i because uh it says it in like in in the um, graphic novel there's like a forward where one of the people who worked on the project with him said that he was writing the scripts for the umbrella academy while he was on tour for the black parade which I think it's just so neat to to know that he was doing yeah. two incredibly large projects at once. Right. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, that's amazing. He's one of he's definitely one of my heroes, and especially like people who are just multifaceted Renaissance men, and you know, just people who are polymaths and just clearly experts at their craft, or like just so good jacks of all trades. But like, I don't know, you could call it maybe Jones of all trades because that's more personal to me. My name is Jonah. I shouldn't. I should have introduced myself as Jones. But we'll do that in a future podcast. Uh, the Jones of all trades, and now an overthinker. <laughs> um, fuck it. I'll just list some more albums if you don't mind. Uh, I like Glass Animals a lot. Zaba, Dreamland, and How to Be a Human Being. All those albums are so good. I just feel like Glass Animals are like my twin flame, musical twin flames, or something. They're like my soulmates. But uh, I like Making Mirrors by Gautier, Art Angels by Grimes, and Visions by Grimes, Appetite for Destruction yes. by Guns N' Roses. Um, Grimes is amazing. Grimes is excellent, yeah. Um, Care by How to Dress Well, which is a very interesting album because I wrote, a, I wrote a review on it for the Gateway at University of Alberta, and I didn't like the album at all, and I just tried to find the best of it. Uh, but as the more I listened to it, the more I started unpacking it, and the more I realized this is actually really well crafted. And how to dress well is really, really like his lyrics are, can be tongue in cheek. And like another thing is like maybe he's being sarcastic when he says like I'm calling the president on the phone and or like and I want to tell him how much I love you or something like that, something like that. And one of the songs I don't remember which song, but yeah, it's like what, but also neat. <laughs> Um, I love Ego Death by The Internet. I love Blunderbuss by Jack White. I love Sire by Jaden. Jaden Smith's a very misunderstood and brilliant artist who's so ahead of his time because I knew he was when I read that tweet of his when he said, how can we know that our eyes are real if mirrors aren't real? Um, but anyways, I love Watch the Throne by Jay-Z. I think I'm just, I'm just going to skip over hip hop because I feel like we're talking more about alternative right now. And like indie rock, but I like Pixel Bath by Gene Dawson, which is a very recent album. I like um, Nectar and Ballads Fun by Joji. I guess this is also this, Joji's more R and B um, and uh, whatever. Um, I'm overthinking too much, but <laughs> uh, what else do I like? What else do I like? 
I like, I really like um, The Life of Pablo by Kanye West. It's just a nice mosaic, like Kanye West's Pablo Picasso masterpiece uh, of music, of synesthetic sounds and stuff. And My Beautiful Director of Fantasy is another one. I really like Yay because it's a very personal and bipolar album. The moods literally shift from one song to another. Uh, Yeezus by Kanye West is so raw and industrial. And I love it. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Damn, Kendrick Lamar. To Pip a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Kid See Ghosts by Kid See Ghosts, which is Kanye West, Kid Cudi. Uh, Hot Fuss by The Killers. The Gods by King Cruel. Um, Born to Die by Lana Del Rey, which is one of my favorite pop albums ever. Uh, Led Zeppelin 3, Led Zeppelin 4. House to the Holy by Led Zeppelin. Any Led Zeppelin is good for me. Uh, Mickey Mouse Operation by Little People. Sunlit Youth by Local Natives. Under Pressure by Logic. I like Logic. He gets a lot of hate, but I, he's a very smart dude. Wrote a book called Supermarket. Essentially just another Renaissance man. Renaissance rapper. Uh, Mad Villainy by Mad Villain and Mad Lib and MF Doom. RIP MF Doom. Um... Fix Me by Marianas Trench, Masterpiece Theater, Ever After, Astoria. Marianas Trench again, one of my favorite bands. Red Hot Chili Peppers, any Red Hot Chili Peppers album. I love Stadium Arcadium in particular. Uh, Mother, Mother, all their albums, basically. <laughs> Eureka, Oh My Heart, Dance and Cry, Very Good by Bad Thing, The Sticks, oh, uh, Touch Up, All Means So Much to Me, The Resistance by Muse. Actually, very like the plotline of The Resistance by Muse is very similar to the, the book I'm writing, which... I won't get into right now, but it's called City of Dreams, and it'll be out hopefully in the next year or two. And uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel, No One Ever Really Dies by NERD, uh, Little Broken Hearts by Nora Jones, Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G., The OF Tape Volume 2, Goblin, um, Wolf, Flower Boy, Igor by Tyler the Creator, um, Omar Apollo Apollonio, uh, I have, I even have Avenue Q, which is a musical, the soundtrack to that, Avenue Q, I really like. But I guess we're not talking about musicals. I like Bankrupt by Phoenix, and their other album by Phoenix, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was called Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. Um, Tame Impala, I think I mentioned all their albums. The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd is one of my favorites. The Wall, and Wish You Were Here, and Animals. I love Pink Floyd. Another Eternity by Purity Ring. Edmonton Band, actually. Shrines by Purity Ring. Kid A, Radiohead. Uh, the Bends by Radiohead. OK Computer. Uh, anything Radiohead. That's another just band for me that I'll just take anything they, they, they put out and love it so much. Um, but yes, I love In the Lonely Hour by Sam Smith, too. I love whole, I love uh, subtract by subtract S B T R K T. I'm just skipping through a lot of these now, but I really like Sia and, and her voice. One Thousand Forms of Fear in particular. I feel like that was her best album. Uh, I know she has a lot of controversy nowadays. Controversy nowadays that I won't comment on. Um, but yeah, Sia's a really got a really great voice and a really good songwriting. And I like They Want My Soul by Spoon because uh, They Want My Soul kind of mimics the uh, 
psychotic thoughts, psychotic delusions that I had once upon a time, a couple of years back. Uh, Starfucker by Starfucker. Uh, Come Down Machine by The Strokes, First Impressions of Earth, Angles by The Strokes, Future Past Life. I, I really like uh, Starfucker too. So Future Past Life by Starfucker, also in there. St. Yeah. Vincent by St. Vincent, uh, Sublime by Sublime. Um, yes. Yeah, and again, I mentioned Taylor Swift, and I like Toki Monster. Loon Rouge is a great album. Uh, Toro Imois is really good too. I like Anything in Return and Causers of This and Underneath the Pine, I think is the name of that album. 21 Pilots. I really love Blurry Face and Vessel, but I think Blurry Face is oh, my yeah. favorite of those two. I haven't given um, Trench too thorough of a listen yet, but I probably should. I'll get on that. Trench is yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, in the weekend. I really love the weekend. I really love Starboy, Beauty Behind the Madness in particular, and Trilogy. And After Hours is good too. But in my opinion, not my favorite. Still amazing work, but not my favorite weekend album. Oh, and Willow. Willow, uh, Willow Smith, uh, the first, and Ardipithecus. She's very, very wise and enlightened. For her age, she's so beyond her years, and her her voice is incredible. And oh, I like uh, XX by the XX too. Nice. Yeah, and that's it. It's quite the library. I have a very big library. I just music is a big part of my life, and uh, I wouldn't be here without it. So same. It would be just too boring I... here on earth. I completely agree. I I have a, a pretty large music library too, and I have way more playlists than necessary, especially because like I you know used to make a playlist every time I DJed. Mm. But I think the, the big difference for me is that I do have a lot of albums I love and listen to frequently, but uh, because I was a DJ, I kind of fell into the style of listening to songs as opposed to like artists and records if that makes sense like i don't really listen to full albums that much anymore i tend to just dive into random songs from any artist that i can find interest in yeah that, that totally makes sense your listening habits tend to change depending on djing and like because it is a dj you kind of have to select widely and sample yeah. like just take little samples of an artist's body of work without truly like having time to consume an entire body of work unless it really resonates with you. And I'm, I'm a DJ as well. I'm like, I'm currently working on a radio show called, or working on developing a radio show called, excuse me, love of the, let me just rephrase that. Um, I'm a DJ as well. And I'm currently working on uh, my own radio show called love in the digital age. And it's actually an extension of my playlist, my monthly playlist that I update every month on the 15th called Love in the Digital Age Collective Frequency. So check that out. It'll be in the show description of this episode. And yeah, I essentially want to showcase upbeat, feel good indie music from all over the world. And th those are my main criteria really is like upbeat and feel good and not, not necessarily upbeat, but like just like songs that make you feel songs that have, I guess, 
weight, emotional weight and emotional gravitas, if that makes sense. Songs that inspire me. And I, I spent hours, you know, listening to these songs and being very selective with what I choose. Because I, I only want to, as a curator, I want to, you know, provide the best. Because otherwise, what's the difference between me and a random algorithm generated Spotify playlist, right? like that yeah thanks <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like when you when i hear a song that that really resonates with me and that it just feel like i don't know it sparks something inside of me i just want to share it with other people you know yeah that's a big part of why i want to do a radio show because i feel like more people can benefit from the music i listen to because i have such excellent taste leanne let me tell you let me tell you about my taste. I buy the real gourmet shit. When Bonnie goes to the store, she buys the dollar, the the, the no name knockoff brand. But you know, I got the real gourmet coffee. You know what I mean? And I don't need you to tell me how good my fucking coffee is. <laughs> Pulp Fiction reference. Pow! Just drop that in there for the Pulp Fiction fans, the Tarantino fans. Um, I'll give you the option of talking about DJing and how that's you know, affected your life and how, how, like what it means to you to be a DJ. And we could also talk about music in movies and films and how they enhance the experience. So what do you think? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to, which, where, where the fork in the road, Leanne? So we got to choose left or right. I think I'm going to go with DJing just because I have a short attention span and really don't finish a lot of movies. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know what? I was really hoping you choose DJing because, yeah, I think uh, it's it's really interesting because a lot of people have different preconceptions about what DJing entails. Like, some people might think a DJ is like an electronic music producer, or uh, like a DJ, like DJ Khaled, who isn't really a, he is a DJ, but he's not a DJ. You know what I mean? Not a DJ in the sense that we're talking about, unless he is, and I might be wrong, but. Um, Anyway, a, a major key to DJing is knowing your audience <laughs> and uh, also, again, making sure that you're providing the best because people people's time is valuable and people go to DJs because they know that DJs are renowned for their taste or like DJs are, are supposed to be renowned for their taste and their curation skills. Yeah. And they're not supposed to know what songs sound blend well together and what songs are good, to, pleasing to the ear, and what songs create a mood. Because, like, something that I've thought about is how music yeah. truly affects an atmosphere or creates an atmosphere. And it's a very abstract thing, but it just does, you know? It definitely does. That's, that was all the, mm. the fun in starting DJing, you know, is, is that I love, I love listening to a bunch of music and making playlists for myself with different you know moods for myself like okay I'm a, this is my workout playlist or this is my whatever playlist and then when I found out like that I could do that on campus like choose what music got played on the radio I was like of, of course I'm going to want to do that I want to set the atmosphere when someone's walking to class and tuning into the station like I want to choose what you're listening to mm -hmm. and what <laughs> you can resonate with because it's just a nice feeling when you love a song and you 
resonate with it and you can show it to other people and they get something from it too like it's just nice to to share that yeah. bond over music and it's amazing that you're creating these opportunities for people to have that experience just by setting the mood setting the tone that's what djs do on a fundamental level is they set the tone it's like it's like yeah it's like it's a thermostat for sound <laughs> no not a thermostat but like a yeah you change you change up the environment by in, introducing new sounds into the soundscape that you're already in. And you can play happy sounds, you can play upbeat sounds, you can play Mr. Blue Sky by Electrolyte, by Electrolyte Orchestra, or you can play some Nirvana, play some Smells Like Teen Spirit and you know, get people rowdy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think what will always be like, the best experience I ever had in, in college was when I got to live oh. DJ an event on my campus that's like kind of a really nice. great event. It's called Pat yeah, Disco. Have you ever been fantastic. to a silent disco? And um, we had a silent disco and we have one every year. It's called Pack Disco. And um, we, we got to like, you know, submit our applications and, and I was pretty I was pretty nervous. I was like, you know, I, I've mm -hmm. only been DJing a little bit on, on campus. I don't know if I'll get this thing, but um, wow! Not that many people applied, amazingly enough. And I was like, "What? This is this is such a cool opportunity." So I, I got to do it, and I'm so glad I did because it was just kind of crazy. Like I, I used to uh, when I DJed mostly, it was for the radio, and so you know I'd be in the station alone, and it was still fun to play my music and to DJ. But DJing live was just a crazy experience because I got to see mm. people's reactions firsthand. To like setting the like, I, you know, I I was able to really be in the room with and, and feel the tone and the vibes and choose the music based off yeah. of what people were reacting to, and it's so so cool because you know I I had people like running up to the stage just trying to give me a high five and I'm like you don't like that was so weird to me because I'm like who are you but I just want to cheer and then they start cheering and I'm like wow this is crazy like we're just making the atmosphere like exciting here you know it was it was a since it was a silent disco there was like three of us djs on the stage and we all had very different vibes and you could tell yeah. when a certain vibe was taking over the room and people could just channel surf experience. Through, through the uh frequencies which is fantastic yeah. i how many djs three yeah so the headphone disco that us, i went yeah. to was called headphone disco at university of alberta dinwoody lounge shout out to u of a um my my university i have fond memories of there uh but also really profound traumas from um cramming and uh, also deadlines and just the way the the way university can be set up sometimes which is just highly inconsiderate of mental health but that's another topic but um the disco the headphone disco had two people two frequencies and yeah some at some points like Everybody flowed really well. It was kind of like a homogeneous mixture of energy through the uh, through the atmosphere. But when people yeah. diverged, was when like one was going slower and one was going for a more upbeat, faster song, which was really cool. And then like the people within the dance floor would try to match each other's energies, and it was so funny. But it was also smooth and, and like harmonious too. Yeah. 
I think those headphone discos provide a really unique experience because you're, you are like experiencing two, like you're in a room full of people who are all maybe experiencing something very different because you're choosing different music, but you still have that like instinct to try to like fit in with the, what people are doing around you, even though you're experiencing mm-hmm. totally different worlds in your head. Yeah. Do you think there's a future of headphone discos where people just st- streaming on Twitch, which is already happening, but like people just dancing in their rooms and like looking at these like visuals on the screen to further inform the mood that is being streamed or that's being broadcast through the airwaves and the electricity. It's an interesting question. I definitely like, I think, yeah, people are starting to, and, and I see it in myself too, you know, like we're, we're starting to adapt to this new way of living because it's been long enough now that it's not all shock and weird. It's kind mm-hmm. of normal when someone says like, Hey, like, Want to like chat sometime? You know that that means yeah. online communication. You know, <laughs> and it's it's very like interesting how it has been a while. Like like yeah, I'm not underplaying this. It's been a really long like journey. Not terrible. A journey is a terrible word. It's been a really mm-hmm. long time that this quarantine's been going on, and at the same time, it really hasn't been that much time in comparison yeah. to like how much time history has been. So it's just interesting how much impact it's already having on how we socialize and how we see social yeah, situations. To bring it back to what I said earlier, the the thing about, you know, this being just a natural reaction or natural phase of evolution, maybe we need this time to reflect on ourselves and maybe we need this time to just evaluate how we live as a society now that we're all indoors and you know not work a lot of us not working. Maybe it's time to also evaluate our economic systems and how they either serve or fail to serve the people who is supposed to be serving, who they're supposed to be serving. Or, yeah. Um, and also just just the way yeah. the way we interact with each other online, uh, we got to be more aware of that and also aware of the way technology affects our lives because otherwise technology is using you and you're not using technology. You know. Things you own end up owning you. Yeah. Like in Fight Club. I love Fight oh, Club. Oh, me too. I'm a huge yeah. Chuck Palahniuk fan. And that's just getting into books now. I, I can talk about books for hours, but maybe on another podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chuck Palahniuk. Or Palahniuk. Um, is it Palahniuk? Palahniuk sounds a lot better because that is kind of what he does with his writing is he nukes your... It's Palahniuk. Nukes your mind with ideas. <laughs> For lack of a better word, it's kind of a crude reference, but I'm no stranger to those. They're nice to me, crude references. They always treat me well. (laughs) Oh, that's neither here nor there. Um, Yeah, like, has there been, can can you name me your top three albums then? Like, because if I were to do it, I would say Because the Internet by Childish Gambino, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, and Blonde by Frank Ocean. Or Occurrence by Tame Impala. Or Zaba by Grass Animals. No, no. Nickelback. No, no. Never mind. (laughs) I would definitely have to throw uh, A21 Pilots album on the top list. You don't want to I don't know which one. I mean, I'm kind of torn. 
Yeah, I'm really uh, torn. Yeah. I, I think I love all their. Bottom their line, we both love music and really, the story. Just because that band. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, exactly. Is yeah. So hard to choose like favorites, but. In terms of like impact on your life, so much or your influence through. on you as an artist yourself. Anything? Yes. Sure. Let me think for a second. I'm going to have to go uh, Hello Fascination by Brie Carolina. Just as, yeah, that album means so much to me. And uh, an album I haven't really listened to so much lately, but an album that really changed my view on on certain genres would be... Um, what is it called? It's by the band Bear Teeth. I'm trying to remember which album it is. Ooh. Disgusting. That was the first metal album I ever really got into, and it really changed Are the you way really I metal? saw music. I'm not, not really. Like, I listen mm. to metal and I like certain metal songs, but um, like, I'm really, really into it. It was just. I had right. never really listened to metal before this, and I didn't quite understand the appeal. But once I heard this album and really just fell in love with it, I realized, like, you know, yeah. different genres are just different ways of expressing certain thoughts. But if the thought is good enough, it'll it's it'll like, work for me. It's um, like different flavors. Metal is definitely its own flavor, its own umbrella flavor of flavors like that contain sub-flavors. And spice, a lot of spice too, and a lot of like salt yeah. and darkness and pepper. You know what I mean? It's very strong. I like very that. aggressive. Yeah, and very like it, it explores the side, the shadow self, maybe the side of yourself that most people are afraid to explore. If we're gonna get Jungian about it. I like that, that like comparison because I think that this album, the reason I put this and Hello Fascination on my top two is because they kind of made me realize that my music taste was bland and that listening to the genre, while there's countless amazing artists in every genre and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with sticking to a genre you like, it's a whole new experience when you open yourself up to listen to anything and when you really add like flavor to your music world. Like I... I just find myself like, I don't know, when I was like in high school, kind of pretentious kid, you know, I would, <laughs> I I would pretend that I didn't care at all about pop music because I thought it was uncool, but I love pop and I think there's a lot of amazing pop artists and it's just another flavor. It's kind of bland to not expand yourself. To yeah. Different it's, genres, it's restrictive. You know? It, it narrows your window of experience, you know? It, it like instead of broadening your horizons it closes you off and that's not what you want to do in life at least it's not a it's not the best way to live you know like it's not the uh ideal way to live i guess just close yourself off to new experiences and yeah. things just because by default you don't like it. And my friend i have a friend who uh does not like hip-hop music or rap music and he really likes rock but he just has a distaste for it. And he's just like, no, not for me. But I'm like, but give it a chance. Maybe you just haven't listened to the right rap. I made a playlist for him. He's just like, no, no, not me. <laughs> don't, don't bother. 
It's just like some people are just so set in their tastes. And it's it, may, it might just be something that they're holding on to as part of their identity, too. Like maybe it's something that, you know, oh, I don't like rap music because I'm not that kind of person who likes to show off or have, I don't have much bravado in me. I'm quite, you know, reserved because rap is very brave and very, you know, aggressive in its, its own in its own way, like metal. Not all, not all rap, of course. There's alternative rap, but like mainstream hip hop has always been like sticking it up, sticking up to the system. You know what I mean? And like showing off as a as a way to flaunt success and riches and essentially productivity, maybe. As as a, especially as a person of like, I feel like that's an important aspect of hip hop culture. Is just like, hey, we beat the system, even though the, the odds were stacked against us. We beat the system against all odds. We, uh, you know, succeeded and cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bill. Get the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that it, it does sometimes, you know, become an identity thing when you mm-hmm. close yourself off to certain genres. A lot of people, and I used to do that too. And so I think I agree with you. It's it's kind of a limiting way to see yourself to be like, oh, well, I don't like that. Because then when you do hear something good in that genre, like what, are you mm-hmm. not allowed to like it? Is it a guilty pleasure? Like just, you know. Yeah, what just like what enjoy. you like. like I, I shamelessly like Taylor Swift. And maybe, you know, people who are like uptight and stuck up and, you know, have their heads a bit up their ass, like Ben Shapiro might like talk trash about me. But, you know, that's here, neither here nor there. I don't care what people like Ben Shapiro think about me personally but maybe some people do and like I don't know why why would you judge somebody based on their music taste that's such a silly thing to, to judge somebody on why would you judge anybody period you know what I mean it's such a silly thing in today's society it's stupid to, to judge a person based on a superficial thing like like their music taste or what they wear or in what they look like or what they believe in or their sexuality it's 2021 let's grow up <laughs> That's why the aliens haven't visited us yet, yeah. because we're so immature as a species, and we still get caught up in these like little differences, like political ideologies and race, which you know, I mean, is important to identify and like you know, maintain and preserve or, like our, our culture anyway. Like, but it's also important to not let that get in the way of connecting with other people. That's another tangent, though. Yeah, I. That's a that's a good change because I, I I agree I think it's you know with the music like if you welcome back. I'm back. Hello. So I had an idea. Why don't we just pretend it was like a big airplane that flew over our heads? Like we were um, driving down this uh, infinite vaporwave highway in some virtual reality simulation. And there was a big airplane that flew over our heads, like very low to the ground. And I'll, I'll, add, I'll add a sound effect right at the moment that it cuts out. And I'll be like, oh, what was that? You ready? Ready to do that? Okay. You, want, yeah. you down? Down. Whoa, what was that? Whoa. Did that you was hear the, that? those were the brakes, by the way. Do you hear those brakes? <laughs> I just yeah. got them changed. I just got them oiled. Oh snap. 
Wait, if I got them oiled, they wouldn't make a sound, right? Uh, I don't know enough about planes. Oh, oh, I meant my brakes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. My brakes um, were, were oiled recently. That's why they made a sound, but maybe maybe they wouldn't make a sound if they were oiled. Maybe they make that sound when it's cold. I think they do. Okay. We're, we're in a cold, infinite vaporwave highway, and a plane just flew over our our car. But we're back on track. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Where were we going um, with this? Great question. We... Wow. I actually don't remember. The thought is gone. It's like the plane just erased our memories. Oh, it was an I alien think, spacecraft that flew over us, maybe? I think it's coming back slowly. It's like, you know, when you like wake up and you're like gathering your dream. I don't remember uh, my dreams anymore for some reason. Really? I think my pineal gland is too, it was too calcified. Interesting. I need to listen to more, to more mind-melting music, I guess. <laughs> it we were talking about being judgmental in music and and being judgmental like today i think and i was just thinking about how how interesting oh you're cutting out the problem with so much judgment or the thing that i take issue with with so much oh can you yeah can i can you hear me? you now i can hear you now can you hear me now The grime I take so much with just too much judgment is I think that judgment leads to fear. And, you know, people are afraid to say certain things. I know a lot of people who would be afraid to admit some of their their favorite artists if they were to, like, on a podcast because they would be afraid of judgment. And I think that's just so silly to be afraid to just say what you like or what you enjoy or who you are. Yeah. Just because of, of judgment. Yeah, we need to live in, in a world where it's okay to just be who you are, even if you're different. Because... How immature is it to just not judge somebody based on their differences? It's so immature. It's so high school. It's so not even high school. It's elementary school. Yeah. Not even elementary school. Well, it depends on which elementary school you went to and the kind of kids you were around because there's nuances and gray areas and it's not all black and white, even though it is. But it's not. Shout out to Alan Watts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Yeah, I agree. It's... It's so, uh, like, I think it's it's a little underrated to just be completely judgment-free because, I don't know, a lot of people will, will not be judgmental about one thing, but then mm. the next thing, that's where they have a gripe with it. And it's like, you know, if you want to be open-minded in one thing, if you want people to open up to one thought you have, yeah. you have to open up to all of that's the so thoughts. That's so true. Um, you just got to be non-judgmental i guess you just got to be like accepting of how somebody is and even if they have something that offends you or if they believe in something that offends you or that is just not what you particularly believe in then maybe you should just you know take that for what it is and don't judge them for it yeah I agree. And I actually want to ask you this question, like before we finish, because I'm really curious. Do you have you ever done your Myers-Briggs personality test? Yes. Uh, What's your type? My type? I am. I was an INFP when I first took it. Then when I took it again, I was an ENFP. 
So I identify as XNFP. So I'm nice. I, I'm kind of fluid in that way in that regard. Yeah, and I'm fluid in other ways too, like Bruce Lee, like uh, water. I'm like water. I'm a tidal wave of a person, is what I am. I'm just I'm a wavy person. Yeah. Yeah, but what what about you? What's your Meyer Briggs personality type? INFJ. INFJ. I just am curious because, yeah, I recently got into typology and I just think it's it's interesting to hear what people are. INFJs are definitely overthinkers, <laughs> but I think yeah. INF, I, INFPs or XNFPs are also known for that. Mm -hmm. I, I get the best of both worlds, I think, uh, overthinking and deep thought and uh, imagination and childlike wonder, curiosity that INFPs are known for, we're down for. Um, what's your astrological sign? Because I've been, I, I love Meyer Briggs types inventory. I haven't gotten enough into it to really know the neurological, the cognitive functions and the styles, yeah. the cognitive styles of each type, but I will one day. Um, but I didn't want to ask you what your sign was because I'm a Pisces. Because I've been really getting really I'm into astrology. You're, you're Taurus? Nice. Taurus, is that how you say it? Yeah, I'm just bad at pronouncing things, but yeah. Taurus. <laughs> Taurus, Taurus. 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 A 420 child. Oh, nice. April 20th? <laughs> yeah. That explains something. I don't know what it explains, but it explains something <laughs> about your about your energy, just about your energy and your vibes, the vibes that you give off. I just get that you're very chill and laid back and like a very like... You, you see, I don't know about how what this says about your internal state, but externally you seem very relaxed and just very nonchalant and very chill. Am I correct? Yeah. It might be different on the inside, <laughs> which yeah, I, I can I can sense an underlying complexity there. Oh yeah. In the way you I speak. feel the same way about about you because I feel like you very much were able to compose yourself very well, even though you know you even said it yourself at the beginning of this, you just came from a state of panic, but you were able to like express yourself very yeah. calmly. Thank you. It's all in the abs. I just have to flex my abs <laughs> and my stress ball, squeeze my stress ball. And that's all good. Uh, I don't know how Bo Burnham does it, but Bo Burnham, again, one of my favorite comedians and comedian slash musician slash Renaissance man extraordinaire, Bo Burnham, look up his stuff on YouTube. Maybe look up art is dead on YouTube. Fantastic song. Fantastic. It's so poignant. Um, he, he, his, his, his sense of humor is very raunchy and crude. Um, might not get away with a lot of the stuff in today's political climate, but still holds up. It's still very funny. Um, anyways, Bo Burnham apparently purportedly had anxiety attacks on stage while performing. So he was in character in, in his performative, as his performative self, the performative heightened version of himself, because that's something a lot of people don't understand about stage performances is that nobody's truly themselves on stage they're performing and that's something that is true with, the, with this podcast too is that i'm not being completely i am being myself and i'm being authentic but i'm a performative uh heightened version of myself that is aware that there's an audience listening and uh, i have to speak in a certain way you know, otherwise i just talk like this you know i just smoke a doobie <laughs> listen to some bob marley or some of the Beatles, 
or Pink Floyd. But I digress. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, yeah. I yeah, I completely agree. Like I didn't even notice it really about myself much when I first started my podcast because you know I just I just did it because it was a part of my job like they were like oh you can get paid to start your Mm. little podcast Mm -hmm. and I was like okay and once I graduated I could no longer have that job because I'm not a student but I continued to do the podcast because I just fell in love with it and that's when I realized that like yeah this is me and like it's hard to explain and I think you articulated it perfectly like this this is me. I'm not being inauthentic. It's not like I don't care about what I'm saying, but I'm I'm presenting it in a way that I wouldn't if we were just, I don't know, sitting in a room not doing this as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, if we were having even an off-the-record conversation, I wouldn't be talking as, I guess, in the way that I am as, you, you know what I mean. But I, I think I, yeah. it's, it's very subtle difference from the way I would talk to you personally and the way I talk on a podcast. But it's very subtle. To, it's very hard to notice unless you're actually just me and just overthinking the way I talk. And like it's something I notice very clearly, clear as day, but it's something that most people just won't even, you know, bat an eyelash to. Um, do you have any final thoughts to end off the podcast? Cause I feel like this is a good place to end off. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still don't know what, you know, the meaning of the universe is, but I guess I'll just keep oh, consuming about and that. creating art and, and figuring it out. <laughs> what if Leanne, let's, let's just stop the car. We're in the middle of a highway on, uh, yeah, what did you do just now? Did you turn off the air conditioner? Yeah. Turn off the radio or something? Hit the dial? Actually, I think I turned on the air conditioner because I wanted it to oh, be colder. Oh, okay, good. We'll let, we'll let that that good vibes energy just flow into the car. And uh, yeah, there's a purple and pink gradient sky above us. And in the horizon, it's endless. And we're just on an infinite highway. In a virtual reality simulation, you see the grid lines off the road. The roads don't have grid lines, but oh, the roads have very subtle, faint grid lines, and they're green and cyan and and shift. They're morphing uh, around that area of the color spectrum, and we're just talking about the meaning of life. And I hope some someone one day animates this part of the podcast, so be, or the whole podcast, <laughs> as being like us driving down a highway, an infinite highway, which would be relaxing for a lot of people, but. Uh, I see it clear as day in my head. I don't know about you, Leanne, but I'm a, I'm a very imaginative person. I'm an INFP, of course, and I live in my own head. And I I have a very vivid imagination, vivid to a fault sometimes. But, you know, nowadays it's a superpower. Leanne, I'm a superhero. <laughs> but um, that's not, that's my ego talking. Sorry about that. Um, ego, shut up. Get in the backseat. Get in the, stay in the backseat. Don't make me put you in the trunk, ego. Okay, Jonah's ego. Be good in the back seat. Put on your seatbelt and shut up. I know we're not moving, but put on your seatbelt still and shut the fuck up. I'm talking. The driver's talking. Um, sorry, I just had to calm my tame my ego a little bit. <sighs> centering, centering. <sighs> okay. All right. Anyways, um, yeah. So 
Oh, let me just put on my emergency lights. Oh, never mind. That's too loud. It's too distracting. It's like a metronome. But um, what I was saying is the meaning of life. What if the meaning of life is to make art like this? What if the meaning of life is to fulfill, you know, the purpose that is the expression of the human soul into something that lasts past us? Because in our life, I don't know if, if we'll solve the, the, the mystery of aging anytime soon. I don't know if we're going to make it past 100 in this lifetime, Leanne. But, you know, I believe that what if the purpose of life is to make something that lasts? That's what I believe in, actually. It could be art. It could be anything could be art, really. Anything that you do can be art. I think, uh, I don't know if it was Marilyn Monroe or or uh, Coco Chanel who said that, like everything in life can be a form of art or Andy Warhol. I don't know. I don't know who said that. They might have all said that, said variants of that same thing. But like, what if, what if the purpose of life is just to make something that lasts? Drop the mic. Perfect. That was a mic. It was totally my mic. I'll accept that as my answer. Okay. Uh, I will add a sound <laughs> effect to that when, when uh, the podcast is being edited. Perfect. All right. What do you what do you have to say about that though before we end off? Do you have anything to say or do you think that was that hit the nail right on the head and you were like, you're just gonna polish it up now and uh, send it over to to get published or something? Send it yeah, over to the printing I presses? Think you hit the nail. I think you hit the nail. And I think, I agree. I think like there's an aspect of, you know, legacy to life. Like, you know, you want to, it's, it's actually, um, what's, I don't know, Harold Kushner. I think that's his name. Uh, Not Harold Kushner. When Kumar? all you ever wanted wasn't enough. Uh, no, I <laughs> Sorry. think it's Harold Kushner. Yeah, I just had to get author. that. I had to get that. Is he related to Jared Kushner? By any chance? I have no idea, but oh, I've that Jared Kushner, he's a good book. guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man. He's he's gotten everything he's gotten by working hard for it. Nobody gave him nothing. You understand? <laughs> nobody gave him no handouts. Not Trump, not nobody. <laughs> he worked his way to the top. That's how you do it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, <laughs> young lad. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what what came over me. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta like. Sometimes you just gotta act, act it out. You know what, yeah. Leanne? The world's a stage, and we are all actors, as Shakespeare said, famously. That sounds you like it could also be like a philosophy. <laughs> oh, Shakespeare was a philosopher, among other things. Oh, was he really? a scholar though? That's the mystery. That's the question. Yeah. Um. Was Shakespeare a philosopher? Find out next on Overthinkers Anonymous, part two, with Leanne, <laughs> which will happen yes. at a later date, I think. I just want to keep going. I'm done to keep going. <laughs> I'm done to keep going until the sunset. <laughs> and uh, the world spins oh, yeah. one one rotation. But uh, it might be <laughs> too much for you. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. This is our first conversation ever. So. Sorry? 
I said, I'm down for another conversation, of course. Maybe we could find the meaning of life next time. No, On next time. We already yeah. did find it. We did it, did, did we, though? Sorry, the car is stalling. Did we? Did we? I guess that's it. Wow, that was fast. No, I don't know. Okay, I think I think we should freestyle to end off the podcast. You ready? You ready to freestyle? I'm gonna drop a beat. Overthinkers Anonymous, and we're here overthinking. That's it love it it was a short one i love it i love it so much well that's a great note to end the podcast yeah thank you so much for joining me for having me on did you First want to plug anything oh fantastic it's my okay, first time well, being on a podcast that wasn't from my radio station Okay, it's your first time appearing on my podcast, and that's the most important part on Overthinkers Anonymous, and For hopefully sure. not the last, because I think the For people sure. will want some more after hearing this if you juicy conversation that we just had. Yeah, if you listen to this whole thing, you should go back and listen to them. I've been listening, and this podcast is so unique. I love it. I think it's fun. I'm gonna definitely listen to it a bunch because why not listen to people overthink? Like, it just helps, you know, helps the ideas flow. Thank you so much. That is, I, I'm going to savor that compliment because I love getting compliments on my work. I don't get, I don't hear enough love about my work and uh, hearing it from another podcaster who also has their own unique and awesome podcast called Get Psyched, WKNC 88.1. Am I correct in that? I just, I read that. I didn't draw that off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, Get Psyched is a podcast that like blends. I don't want to. I don't want to advertise your own or like plug your own podcast for you. But I really love your Paramore episode. Thank you. But yeah, do you want to say anything else yeah. about your podcast for to in, further entice the listeners? I mean, well, if you if you want the latest greatest news news drop, um, I'm dropping my podcast down to once a month to focus on making very quality episodes and also focus on writing. Um, but I'm not going to make that announcement on where yet until I'm, I'm actually going to do that on my one year anniversary of my podcast, which is in a week, which is really exciting. Congrats. Or two weeks. Yeah, it's in two weeks. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. But yeah. So thanks. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you just opened a whole can of worms there. You said you were writing something. Uh, yeah, I just... Well, I don't well, want to force... I, I, I don't want to pry too much, but... No, yeah, you're good. I, I, um, like, behind the scenes, I've been, I've been working on my novel for a while Me now. Too. But it's got a, a lot of work to go. Me too, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting to find someone else who's, like, got ADHD and likes to think a lot and do a lot of things. Because I, I've always been, like, try... I've always been, like, man, I, I just want to meet someone who's similar. Because everyone I know... Maybe they're like, they have ADHD or maybe they like to do a lot of things, but never combining like just very thoughtful and trying to do a bunch. It's interesting to meet someone who's also like Well, that. I think the universe aligned our paths together and aligned the stars so that we can m meet virtually and do this podcast virtually because yeah. uh, I feel like we made a lot of new connections here, like between us and between the listeners, like dropped a lot of 
amazing recommendations. Like this it was a very dense podcast in terms of references. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to list all the things that we referenced in the episode description. Just a, a few things. But I'll have an episode link. I'll have a link to Leon's, Leon's podcast. Uh, get psyched in the episode description as well. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Peace. Peace.